I'm going to give you a little bit of a testimony. I went, I, my brother lost his wife in October, around the same time that I lost my fiance. His wife was buried on the 8th of November. My fiance was buried on the 8th of November. So I could not go home. And my brother and I are super close. I mean, thick as thieves, as you want to say. <laughs> but, um, and I've been away. I've, I've been away from Texas for over 20 years. And there's been a distance between my brother and I. But after his wife passed, he constantly called. First, when she was in the hospital, can you come help me, please? Can you come help me? I'm not in a financial buy. I'm, in a, I'm not in a financial state right now. I cannot come right now. And then Frank passed away, and I'm, I can't go because I, I got to stay here and take care of this. There was always something that kept me from going, and he kept saying, "I need you to come home. Can you come home, please? Can you come home?" I'm like, "I can't do it, Bubba. I can't do it." Finally, he said, "Listen, I'm gonna put some money in your account." I need you to come home. I'm thinking, why is he doing this? He's tight. He's stingy. He, you know, <laughs> something's wrong. I mean, I, I, you almost have to beg him if you need something. You know, I need something. Please help me. Uh, so what is going on? I get there, and he's like, oh, baby, I'm going down, and I'm going down fast. I, I, I'm going down. I'm just really going down, and I'm going down fast. And that hurt me so bad, but I couldn't let him know that it hurt me. I had to keep my spirits up, and praise be to God. God gave me what I needed to be there for him. And, and two days later, his granddaughter came, and she goes, is that Papa in there? Yeah. You come and did all of this? It's not me, it's God. Then his daughter came. That had him look like this, and I don't know when. We thought we were getting ready to put him in a nursing home. And now he's walking around here like nothing's wrong, you know. And, and he even, he, he, he fell and burst his head open. He only has one leg. So he has a hard time, big, huge house. He has a hard time getting around in that house. But while I was there, he never fell one time. While I was there, there was nothing that looked like he was even deteriorating like he thought he was and like his family thought he was because they were ready to give him up. He's gone. And I'm like, no, no. And that Sunday, his pastor called him. He said, Brother Blackman, uh, we're going to have church today? You've been putting me off. We're going to have church. Oh, yeah, my sister's here. My sister's here with me. Let's have church. And you can ask Benita. My brother does not sing. But, <laughs> but you can ask. He was singing so loud, and he was praising God. So I'm like, look at my God. Look at my God. So I, I just want to thank you guys for your prayers, because I know without those prayers, we couldn't have made it. We couldn't have driven all the way to Texas, been frozen in for two days, could not move, and, 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 and then make it back. After, even going, we ended up having to go through Mexico and come back to Texas to get out of road construction. So God took us through a lot of things, and he brought us back home. And I praise and thank him for it. And I praise and thank him for the message that he gave me for today. So first of all, let's pray. Father God, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. God, you're so worthy. You're such an honorable, 
awful, awesome God. I love you. I worship and adore you. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for what you're doing, and I thank you for what you're going to do. God, I ask that you would take me completely out of self, move in me in a mighty way so that your people can understand your word that you have given me to give to them. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray with thanksgiving in my heart. Amen. But my message today has a lot to do with my going home and coming back here because I'm starting over back here because I learned something there that I had pulled away from God. So I'm turning back to God and I'm starting over here. And my message is coming from Joshua 24 verses 13 through 28. I have given you a land for which you did not labor, and cities which you did not build, and you dwell in them. You eat of the vineyards and the olive groves which you did not plant. Now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in, strict, in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So the people answered and said, for be it, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God is he who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who did those great things in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the people through whom we passed. Verse 18, and he and the Lord drove out from before us all the people, including the Amorites, who dwelled in the land. We also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. But Joshua said to the people, You cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after he has done you good. And the people said to Joshua, No, but we will serve the Lord. So Joshua said to the people, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord for yourselves to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore, he said, Put away the foreign gods which are among you and incline your heart to the Lord God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, The Lord our God we will serve. And his voice will we, we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made some of them and made for them a statue, an ordinance of Shechem. Then Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law, in the book of the law of God. And he took a large stone and set it upon their oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. 
And Joshua said to all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness to us, for it has heard all the words of the Lord which he spoke to us. It shall therefore be a witness to you, lest you deny your God. So Joshua let the people depart and go their ways. My main thought today comes from Joshua twenty-four fifteen, And the part of that, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That is basically what I'm concentrating on today because I feel like I let the Lord down by allowing family members to be in my house and not serve the Lord. It's not going to happen again because um, Pastor gave us a, for the new year, what was your, for the new year theme? Fight the good fight, yeah. And how do you fight that good fight? By turning back to God. You can't fight that fight without God. And, and um, I tried to come up with a sermon basically from that. And I thought, he told me, do what's in your heart. You don't have to, you just do what's in your heart. And what did God do? He brought me right back to fight the good fight, because here it is. You got to fight that good fight. You got to turn back to the Lord. We need to, and, and I'm not preaching, and I'm not teaching to you. I'm teaching to us, because I, I want God's word to penetrate my heart as much as I want it to penetrate yours. So the word that I have from the Lord, I want it to penetrate me first, because if it's not penetrating me, I can't reach you. You're not going to understand what I'm saying if I don't have that word buried down in my heart. And that's what Joshua was trying to tell the people that were following. You, you got to stop following and you got to stop worshiping idol gods. There are so many things that we tend to worship instead of worshiping our Lord and Savior. We, God is a jealous God. Exodus 22 and 5 uh, 2 through 5 says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves a carved image and likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth below or that is in the water underneath the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them but I am the Lord your God. I am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. And one example of what we take, what we do, what we use, do as uh, serving other things as gods, as idols, is this is football season. <laughs> and... What do we do? People tend to think the athletes are godlike images. He's a god, man. Look at him make that touchdown. Oh, wow. Okay. So we think too highly of those of the young players. And then what do we do when we do that? We build them up in the wrong way. So what do they do? They also have we, we we're idolizing them. Then they are idolizing things 
and they forget. How did you get to where you are? You didn't become an athlete on your own. You became an athlete through the will of God. But what happens is, and these are young people that most of them, older people are ruining them because even though they're good at what they do, we're not telling them to put Christ first. We're not telling them that the only reason you can do this is by the grace of God. But instead, we're building them up, and they're walking around thinking that they're gods. And then every now and then, there's one that he falls short. And when he falls short, what does mankind do? They push him to the side. We're the ones that got them there. Why aren't we the ones that's lifting them up, helping them get back on the right track, helping them to understand that God loves you just as who you are? When he says, come as you are, he's not talking about your clothes. He's talking about what's in here. Bring it to me, and I will fix it for you. It's what God is telling us. Turn back to God. Give God an opportunity to work on you because you can't do it yourself. Allow God to say, you are my child. I love you. He's telling us that every day, all day long, God says that to us. All you have to do is think about the air you breathe. Think about the skies you see. It's like I told my brother yesterday. I said, are you out and about? You need to get out there and see what the goodness of the Lord has done. He said, oh, yes, since you left, I do that. I have no other thing, another way. I got to get out there and see what God has for me. That's right. See with the goodness, experience the goodness of the Lord. Acknowledge that God loves you and acknowledge him. Give him your all. Turn back to God. Give him your whole entire heart. And, you know, sometimes we say, I, I'm, I don't care if, um, and I'm guilty of it too. Don't care how this person is faring. Uh-uh. No, we need to remain steadfast in the Lord because God cares about everything on this earth and everybody. And he expects us to do the same thing. You know, you, you see someone homeless, do you walk by them? Do you, do you offer them a prayer? If you don't have anything else, you have prayer. And, and, and if you don't want to, if you don't want to, if you feel like they're not going to accept it, they don't even have to know you're praying for them. Lift them before the Lord. Ask God to give them what they need to turn back to God. You know, let us love genuinely the way God loves us. And, and God is, is, is always, he's ever-present, ever-present. He never leaves us. So it's easy for us to make a choice. It's really easy for us to say, I choose God, not Baal, because I know that he's there. I know that he loves me. I know that he cares. He's demonstrated that over and over in his word. That's why he left that word for me, so that I can understand what it is that he expects of me, what it is that he needs from me, and what it is that I need from him. 
we have to make a decision. The decision that we need to make is who are we going to serve? We need to make a choice for one life or the other. Which will it be? Are we going to choose a life surrendering to Christ as our Lord and Savior? Or are we going to surrender to ourselves and our desires and our pleasures and our lust? Are we going to turn to God and say, oh, God, I need you to help me rectify the wrong, to help me come back to you? to help me return, to help me be all that you would have me to be, to do all that you would have me to do, to go where you would have me to go, to minister to whoever I need to minister to, to touch whoever I need to touch, that lead me, guide me, direct me in the pathway that you would have me to go so that I can help someone else come to you. Keep me straight so that I can help someone else come to you. Jesus said in Matthew 6 and 24, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. We gotta turn something loose. My suggestion is we turn loose what does not represent God, whether it's whatever if it does not represent God, if it does not give us the peace that surpasses all understanding, because only God can do that. Only God can give you a peace, and the word tells us to be ye not anxious for nothing. And only God can give you that peace that surpasses all understanding. And I'm standing right here before you to tell you that I know for a fact beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you ask him, God will give you that peace. He will move you through mountains that you have never thought you could ever go through. He will take you over them, under them, around whatever needs to be done. God will show you how to do that. Whether it's a, a family member that you're trying to reach, whether it's finances that you don't have, whether it's the love that you're trying to give someone and they're rejecting it, whatever, God can show you his way. And that's what we need. We need to operate in God's way. We need to do, have a fresh start. And we need to represent the Lord. We need to repent for what we know and don't know because there are sins that we have committed that we don't even know about. And there may be some that we've done and don't remember. So our repentance come for known and unknown, remembered and forgotten. But we need to repent and start allowing ourselves to become guided, not misguided, but guided by the things that God wants us to do and stop being misguided by things that are going wrong in our lives and forgetting that God is in control and all we got to do is turn to him. And you know what? You may not see it happen overnight, but he will give you that peace that surpasses all understanding and he can give it to you instantly if you trust and believe.
I am a firm believer, and I stand here as a witness to you that he will provide. He will provide you that strength. He will provide you that peace. He will provide. He will even provide you the finances if you turn to God. You got to trust and believe. You can't have, you can't waver. You can't say, well, okay, God, I need, well, no. Okay, no. You got to trust and believe that God has you and you are his, and he will provide what he knows you need. Now, he may not give you what you think you need, but he will provide what you need. I am a firm believer of that. He will definitely provide everything that you need. Now, you may say, well, God, I want a million dollars. And he may say, okay, I hear you. But this is what you need. You need $5 here. And you got what you needed. You got what you needed. So, and he will show you that that $5 is all you need. Believe me, he'll show it to you. I'm not, I'm not, I am a firm believer of it. I, I'm giving you a testimony. I know that he will show you that you asked for this, but this is what you need. And when he gives you what you need, it supplies the need that you had. And you're like, okay. I did. Thank you, Lord. It'll make a believer out of you if you just continue to trust God. And, 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 and I've been doing it now for over 50 years. So it, it didn't take me that long to learn that. But, <laughs> but I have learned and I have been doing that for over 50 years. That You trust him and he will. He will provide. So we have to, we have to stop and learn and listen and remember that God has everything under control if we trust him. He's not going to force us to, to do anything. He's not going to force us to, to, he gave us free will. And he wants us to love him unconditionally of our own. He doesn't want to have to force us to love him. He wants us to do it of our own. He wants us to follow his will of our own. He wants us to be committed to him on our own. And we need to be committed completely and wholeheartedly. And we need to be remembering that he did not bring us this far to leave us. The favor of God is going to take us places where our enemy cannot go. He will shield and protect us from our enemy. And he can take us places that our enemy cannot go. He has us covered in all directions when we decide to trust him, when we decide to turn back to God, when we make the decision, when we make that decision that as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. When we make the decision to trust and believe that it's time to turn back, because he's just standing there with open arms waiting. He's waiting for us to turn back to him. He is waiting, and he's waiting patiently. He's not rushing us. He's waiting patiently. But we better, like the old folks used to say when I was a child, you better make haste and get it done. <laughs> so we better make haste and get it done. Uh, and I pray that God has, has blessed you with this word as he blessed me. Because, I mean, this word has truly blessed me, and I pray that it has blessed you the way that it has blessed me.